as we always do on the Better Bites Podcast, Season 2, Episode 2. Uh, Jess, what one piece of advice would you give other people that are looking to be 1% better every day? Uh, I'd probably say just be a little bit more curious. So whether that's learning something new on YouTube or asking more questions to people who know more things about certain topics than you and what have you. And I think probably one thing that's probably stopped me in the past um, and I like to try and do more is, um, I guess, realise and be honest to myself as to how much I do know and how much um, I guess I should be um, – I guess when that that point of when I should ask more and that kind of thing because I think um, we always have a little bit of a facade as to that we we know certain things um, and realistically there's so much knowledge to be learned from other people and other sources and what have you. So just having that curiosity and I guess almost honesty as well, just say, oh, I should probably know a little bit more about this topic and go learn a little bit more. So that applies to absolutely everything, whether it's your work and mental health and relationships so much. So, yeah. So it sounds a bit like you, you you just want to check your ego, stay a little bit humble and just ask those questions to. Yeah, yeah. 100%. I think um, I actually had a, a real young kid come up to me, um, kind of recognised me through photography and whatever, um, and just blasted me with questions. And I, I was like, <laughs> I actually had bad respect for him because I was like, I wouldn't have the confidence to go up to someone and just ask that many questions and, whatever, and I was just like, mate, like, how good is that that he just didn't really care about an ego or whatever? He was just happy to just sit in the slot and ask questions. And yeah, I was just like, cool. that, that's awesome. So, And it's funny because, like, that being curious is is sort of, I, I guess, the crux of this podcast in a lot of ways. It's, it's really having just guys give that sort of small bit of advice to other, other blokes to um, – or – Look, honestly, some of the people that listen to the podcast are female as well, so I shouldn't be gender biased, but like honestly, just that little bit of advice to anyone um, and feeling like you can just ask those questions and you can be curious. And um, we just, um, you know, last week we heard from Josh and he was talking about, you know, journaling and we asked him after the show, um, you know, do your friends know that you do it? And he said no. And it's, they do now. They do now, yeah. <laughs> but that's one of those things that we were sort of saying, like, um, you know, be curious about your mental health and, and that kind of stuff because it can obviously, yeah, it can pay pay huge dividends in just asking the question. 100%. How many times have we all been in a conversation where someone's talking about something and you have no idea what they're talking about, which yeah. is like a huge crux yeah. of this conversation <laughs> and you're just sitting there nodding going, yep, <laughs> yep, yeah, cool. Yeah, no, nah, sounds great. Yeah. And that, that stops you from like diving deeper into that conversation into that conversation, or learning more about that topic or about that person that you're then having that chat with. Like, So it's, yeah. it stops so many different things. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely, big time. Um. Next question, who are you? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, um, Jess Bond. Uh, grew up on the northwest coast. Um, went to school here in Alveston, Devonport, and then uh, university in Launceston. Uh, graduated as an outdoor education teacher, but then realised um, I wanted to go do a little bit of travel first. So the idea was to go work on super yachts for one year. Ended up absolutely loving it and stayed there for four um, and then was – Definitely not going to go back to teaching ever. <laughs> so <laughs> I, um, I then had a bit of a passion for photography. Um, so I just started traveling and then taking photos and then Instagram was becoming more of a thing. And then I kind of fell into this photography uh, career, I guess. And then um, 
yeah, ended up being, um, <laughs> I guess, labelled an influencer and <laughs> from building a following and that kind of thing. But, um, yeah, so now I, I create uh, content for a lot of different brands, tourism boards, all that kind of stuff. So photos, video, um, yeah, also manage socials and stuff for other brands and, and that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, that's, that's probably about it. And how does your, obviously, um, the world of being a influencer or, or a content creator is, is pretty new. Like, although it's been around for a while, like it's still sort of a learning space for a lot of people. Um, back to your 1%, how did you sort of adopt that curious nature to um, get into the game and, and where did you learn and, and who did you learn from, et cetera? Yeah, well, I guess even just with photography, like I hate being bad at things. So trying to like YouTube absolutely everything that I could about photography and trying to get better through that. Um, and then again, like I had no idea about business. I was like 23, 24 or something traveling the world in a van on absolutely no money. Um, just taking photos of my adventures and then posting that. And then that was at the start of the whole van life craze and, and that kind of thing. And that started getting big and I started getting big with van life and, and all that kind of stuff. So I guess um, I've totally forgotten what the question was, but um, I think that the, I guess the curiosity sides of things was always like the photography and um, the travel aspect as well, like going to new places, shooting new places, getting better at that kind of thing. What was the question? Sorry. Yeah, the question was, it was simply, and you're basically answering it right now. Yeah. On the right track, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How, how do you apply your one percenter to your, your daily life? So how do you apply that sort of, curiosity to you know where you are like now um and even in the past yeah i guess it's always changing in the world of social media too so you kind of like need to kind of keep your finger on the pulse and kind of adapt with the times and stuff as well so um yeah you kind of have to be curious enough to to dive deep into that aspect and uh, figure out what is trending and how do you how do you stay relevant Changes rapidly enough that you have to, yeah, exactly. Stay curious. As soon as you go, yeah, I know this, it'll change and it's not not relevant anymore. Yeah, you're toast. (laughs) Is it nerve wracking waking up each day just knowing that you know it can be it can be quick like that change, or are you on top of it enough that just? Uh, To be honest, probably when I was starting, I was probably a little bit more nervous. Right now, um, I definitely know that um, I'm not on the pulse essentially, and I'm you know like I'm. kind of making decisions within my brand and the things that I want to be doing to focus on um, those things I do enjoy doing more. So for me, I really love photography, like going out and shooting and creating like cool still photography, like makes me just so happy. And um, yeah, it gets me like really fired up, whereas short based video content does not. So obviously the whole world is going towards like reels and, and all that kind of stuff. So for me, it's not my passion. I can do it, um, but I know uh, if I was to do it full time and kind of like try and grow with that trend, that I probably wouldn't be overly happy. Suck the life out of you, probably doing something you're not really super passionate about. One hundred percent. And yeah. I, I guess that's another thing that I've always tried to do is just chase that happiness and do those things that do make me happier. Sounds like your brand's now big enough though that you can sort of set your own set your own themes. Yeah, to a degree. Like I think that you still have to play the game. I think that's one frustrating thing um, when you are a content creator slash influencer, whatever. 
um, you're at the mercy of an algorithm. So you kind of have to do those things to stay relevant and keep on growing. For me, I guess I've probably moved back to Tassie and have some um, clients that I'm creating content for monthly. So I don't necessarily need Instagram um, or socials in general. Um, but on in saying that, I've definitely fallen off a bit of a cliff when it comes to like tourism work and that kind of thing, purely for that fact that I haven't been posting on social media as much. So it's, it's a bit of a, a catch-22 where – I don't necessarily enjoy posting, um, yeah, short form video, but at the same time, because I'm not posting short form video all the time, I'm probably not getting the same clients as what I used to be getting. Yep. So I get, again, it just depends on which direction you want to go and if you're happy with that direction. Hmm. Pretty good. You've stuck to your guns there on what you want and you've just made that work. That would have been, there'd have been some crossroads where you could have gone down that path because- it might have been financially better or it might have been, you know, at easier. the time easier. Yeah. But you've done what you wanted to do and you've just gone ahead with that. Sometimes at a cost maybe. But yeah, for sure. Not personally. Yeah. Well, again, that's that's the kind of the seesawing game of life, isn't it? We kind of mix that uh, happiness and going and doing things for money. So trying to find that balance of what's going to work. So my next question for you, man, and, and you mentioned at the beginning is that um, you're a self-identified introvert. So for those that don't know, someone that doesn't really like in, sort of engaging in the big public sort of sphere. Um, my question to you, and we'll, we'll sort of dive into it a little bit deeper than this, but superficially at a, at a top level, how does that fly with you being a an influencer and a, and a content creator? How do you cope um, I guess mentally with being um, an introvert in that space? Yeah, well, I guess when I first started, it was more based around photography. So, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of filming myself and being the front of brand and, and that kind of thing What it's what it is now. So it's changed so much. And realistically, like, again, when I first started, I could hide behind that photography aspect. Um, you know, I I didn't have to kind of yeah be that face so now it's changed so much that um i guess yeah you kind of have to be a little bit more extroverted and, and i can be extroverted if i try it's obviously it's just it's just draining so yeah. you know like if i um go and have a night out i can be social and extrovert and whatever but like my <laughs> i guess my battery life um yeah it just gets drained pretty quick so being social doesn't fill your bucket that's how I put it because I'm yeah. similar. I'm just like I'd much rather be doing my own thing, but I can do I can do social stuff. Yeah, just don't come out of it fully charged. Yeah, one hundred percent. Whereas I could go for a bushwalk and bushwalk and take some photos and come back like just I'll probably walk twenty two k's, but I'll be firing. So yeah, no. And back onto sort of that influencer journey, I guess, um, and and the challenges. I know now you sort of look at some of the the top tier. Um, what I would say, the influ influencers like your YouTubers, like your Peter McKinnon, your Matty Hapau, like those kind of guys. Um, how do you feel that their sort of presence in that space has influenced the direction or do you feel like the direction of that influencer space is sort of uh, led by consumers? Good question. Um, it's definitely it's definitely shaped by the people at the top. Um, you know, when Peter McKinnon first came out, um, 
how many people had that same Peter McKinnon intro into like their YouTube videos where everyone was trying to be like super cinematic and like all these like shaky camera movements being, you know, swiftly moved into like the next transition sort of thing. So it definitely gets shaped by those successful people, which is not necessarily a bad thing. It's obviously people trying to keep up with the times and trying to be um, relevant. Um, But at the same time, I think one of the things that probably – not a lot of people realise when they're thinking of influencers is that quite often they're selling other people's products um, and it's a fine line between, well, you know, as an audience we can always see through that bullshit if if it's an actual product that they're going to use and they're actually genuine about that or if it's, you know, just a case of, oh, they got thrown five grand just to go promote that product, you know. Buy Raycon, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. 100%. So I think if you're – coming up and you want to be trying to do this, I guess one thing I would highly, highly encourage would be to create your own products um, and push your own stuff, build that audience around you and they'll relate to you and they'll love you for that. Um, And by essentially keeping to your own products and selling those, they're they're going to support you and buy those products because the moment that you go down and, you know, you've promoted 25 different products in the last year, when you go to sell your product, it's like, well, how do we know yeah. that this is something that you're actually passionate about? You could be, you know, it could be just the same as, you know, the last bag of toilet paper that you're actually trying to yeah. sell. So <laughs> I, it, next question I have is, um, and I'll, sorry, I'll let you guys ask some questions no. in a second. But, <laughs> um, mate, how do you, how do you manage? Like, I know we talk a lot to some young people, um, or I do in my day job. And, and one of the big things that they're sort of talking about is that um, the mental strain that sort of social media causes on themselves, particularly when you as a, as a content creator are focusing on that, how do you manage the, the mental strain of um, content perhaps not performing as, as well as you would have liked or I'm um, is it always just a smash hit, everything you make? And, and how, do you, how do you manage that mentally? I guess you, you still have to stay true to the things that you want to create content around. Um, for me, like, you know, if I can go out on a hike and see some epic mountains and have, like, uh, hopefully catch epic light um, and I'm shooting that, then, you know, some people will love it, some people won't. But if you're then building an audience around content that you don't necessarily love or you're kind of building or creating that content for someone else and then it still tanks, like that's when it sucks because you've gone out of your way to go create this content for someone else that hasn't fulfilled you and then it's gone shit and then again you're not getting that fulfilment there. Whereas even if you have a piece of content that you absolutely love and it tanks, who cares? Like you've created that and it Mm. fulfilled you at some point, you know? Yeah. And there has to be, like I wanted to dig a little bit more into, you know, we hear it all the time that so many young people today, like when you work in the career space, they want to be influencers. Mm. Not often enough do we hear enough and like not asking you to throw like shade at the, the the space or anything like that, but we don't hear enough of the the hardships of influencing and, and what it actually means to be a content creator. Like, is there anything that you could share in that sort of light? Like we always hear how great it is to be an influencer and we see them all in Bali doing all this amazing like travel photography and stuff, but what's it, what's it look like on the ground? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's so different for absolutely everyone. Um, I mean, uh, no matter what you're doing, you're always going to be making sacrifices to, at some degree to to do things that you love or, you know, things that you want to be pursuing. So for me, when I was first living in a van, travelling around Canada and um, the States and Europe and that kind of thing, I think I was like on about like $1,000 a month. Um, and that included food, fuel, absolutely like everything that I was doing, like parks, passes, like adventures, everything. So that's absolutely no money by the time you pay for fuel and, and that kind of thing. So I was sacrificing like dinners out, going on to like do like big tours and, and like really cool, you know, sightseeing based things, um, buying anything new. Like I remember like I, I love a beer, but. I remember um, couldn't really uh, afford a fridge to keep the beer cold. So what we'd do is um, we'd go buy like one long neck um, of like a sour. So for me, I could happily drink a sour that was like semi-warm and I would have, <laughs> I would have that sour for like a week. Like, and that was my way. That was my like little, you know, treat to myself as – you know, get back to the end, of, get back from a big hike or something, and just have a little bit of a warm sour. Like, oh, it sounds <laughs> so, that sounds so grim. But um, I guess yeah, what I'm trying to say is like you, you have to be sacrificing something. And I guess once you realise that direction that you want to go, um, and the things that you want to be doing, and whatever it is that's fulfilling your, um, your cup, I guess provided those things outweigh the negative and all the sacrifices, then, you know, you're still going in the right direction. Um, yeah, again, it's kind of a hard question to answer when mm. um, when it's so different for absolutely everyone. Yeah. It's, it's interesting for me. Like I'm seeing more of it in sort of my hobbies of, you know, being away in the van and fishing and stuff and now you're seeing all the people go and start to you upload their videos to YouTube and stuff and then um, – uh, just on the weekend, just prior now, we've gone to Wineglass Bay, which is the first time I've gone in there and done the walk up to the lookout, which isn't a great walk, but we took the kids up there and had a way of a time. And I thought to myself while I was doing it, I thought like, geez, it'd be cool if we could like, you know, vlog this and show everyone that, you know, our family's going up there and doing it and how fun it would be. But then I'm like, but then you've got to carry the camera and you've got to carry the gear and then you've got to upload at the right time and then you don't want to upload it the week after you've been there because everyone will follow you and whatever. You don't want people to know where you're going to be. You see the, like the van people doing it. It's just something that like I don't have a passion for, but I can see the problems along the way of doing it and how much you're going to miss out on. Like we had five kids up there. You know, if I'm trying to video everything, I would have missed that that kid just fell off the chair and it was heaps funny. Like, you know, what do you, where do you draw the line? Or off the that cliff. Sort of, or off, no, they didn't fall off the cliff. No, they fell off the chair. But. No, I was just saying, you might, <laughs> you you might be caught up with the camera and the kid's over there doing something stupid. But. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. But, yeah, so I don't really have a question around it. It's just like a tough, a tough thing to manage, I suppose, if you want to get into that space. Yeah, for sure. And you kind of also have to realise that depending on the kind of content that you're creating, it takes a lot of time. So um, one of the main reasons I came back to Tassie was to start a trip from Tassie to Iceland over one to two years driving um, in a uh, Defender overlanding camper that I built. Um, and I was really stoked about that journey. And one of the goals for that was to have a YouTube video out every week. Now, 
COVID happened and all that jazz. And then I kind of realized that, you know, doing that international based trip wasn't really going to be happening anytime soon. So I still wanted to use the camper and whatever. And I just did like a bit of a half lap around Australia and still trying to create one YouTube video per week. When it came down to it, I had a videographer um, with me in the camper uh, and we were taking five days to create a, uh, or basically five days to edit a video. And we'd, that whole video was based on maybe one day or one and a half days of exploring. The rest of the time was actually like working and creating to try and like um, edit and make this video as epic as possible. So <laughs> it's a really weird thing to document because you're like, oh, I'm doing the, this sick lap around Australia. And I'm literally seeing like one day of adventures a week. It's, it's, yeah, so it's kind of hard, especially when you're trying to get to that level of, like, epic production. Not that mine was, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and, look, I was watching, mate, um, from, from down here in Tassie and pretty jealous on the trip. But um, with that and, and that sort of understanding of it takes so much time, like, what do you do, like, given your lack of time um, to look after your own mental health? What are some of the things beyond that being curious and, and whatnot that – that you do to, to look after Jess? Yeah, well, I guess I'm lucky that, like, when I am actually out in nature shooting, like, that charges me up. So I absolutely love that. And to be honest, I, I love flexing creative muscle and trying to think of different ways to capture stuff. So that still works, like, when I'm shooting. So I don't get tired from that, which is great. The editing process when I'm in the office, um, yeah, that's probably a little bit more draining. Um, and I definitely procrastinate a fair bit and, you know, I'm the same as every other human, I guess. But I also gym a lot. Um, yeah, really enjoying like CrossFit and just going and moving my body and lifting heavy things to try and, you know, just forget about other stuff. That's exactly my vice as well. I'm a yeah, big, big gym person that loves it. And just simply we were talking about this with with Josh actually last week, just towards the end. It was that understanding of of mindfulness. Like often when we talk about mindfulness, we talk you know, people sort of seem to go straight to salt lamps and cross-legged sitting on the beach with your fingers and what, like, you know, oh. that old sort of, yeah, yeah, meditation mentality. But for me and for, for many others, and we were having this yarn, was it's at the gym, it's being under a heavy bar and, you know, or trying to pick something off, off up off the ground that's really heavy. You can't think about how shit your day was because – you can only think about what you're doing there and then. Um, and it's the same, you know, like we talk mountain biking, like race with fishing and, and diving and, and all those kind of things. So, yeah, definitely that that mindfulness, that keeping active and stuff is, yeah, is really valuable. Yeah, 100%. Half the time with CrossFit I feel like I'm dying, so like I just <laughs> I really can't think of anything other than survival. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Too true. Very good. All right, chaps, um, that pretty much wraps this episode up. Thanks, Jess, for, for coming on. Look, um, anyone, if, if anything's been triggering in this episode, please reach out to Lifeline on 13 11 14. Um, other than that, please like, subscribe um, to the YouTube channel. We're also obviously um, the audio of this is on Spotify and uh, iTunes, so feel free to, to reach in there. Um, and if you have any ideas of anyone else local to Tasmania that you think would be great on the podcast, hit us up and let us know. Other than that, Thank you very much, Jess. Cheers, champion. Um, And thank you all. Take care. Thanks, Jess. Cheers.